third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Episode 51, third and 20 podcast. My name is Frank Andersel. We've got the co-host himself, Mr. Ryan Steed. Steed, how are you doing? Doing pretty solid. Ready to get to talk about our little, some football today. All right. Um, if you're watching on the tube, please do us a big favor. Hit the like, subscribe, all that stuff. Same thing if you're on Twitch. Hit us with a follow. Well, let's get into it. Topics on the screen. College football conference winners. Let's start off with the Big Ten. Let's do Big Ten. Steed, do you have your Big Ten conference winner ready to go and kind of give us a confidence level as well? I, I mean, easily I would say Ohio State. It's just the level of talent from different teams is just is crazy from, like, the other teams in the Big Ten. Uh, conference level in this, I 9.6. I It would take, you know, maybe – an Iowa team finally figured it out, Northwestern coming out of somewhere, or Wisconsin if their quarterback is actually legit, maybe like an upset. But based off of like the recent years and the way like the Big Ten does trend, I, it's Ohio State's conference to lose it, it is year in, year out. I mean, like if you look at Bama being a lot for the SEC, I mean, Ohio State is, good, is a shoe-in for the Big Ten for me. Yeah, I agree. The heavy favorite right now is Ohio State. I think they're minus 167 to win the conference. But I'm actually going to go a little ballsy here, and I'm going to take Wisconsin. I know it's okay. a little bit of a bait, but there are a couple reasons that I like the, the Wisconsin. First off, they're at plus 800, which I do think is pretty decent value. Four out mm -hmm. of the past seven years, they've won the – they're either in the West or the East, which is the opposite one from yeah, us. I they, believe it's the West. Division. Yeah. yeah, they've won their division a lot. Um, the team definitely wasn't as good as it usually was last year. They had some receiver injuries and their quarterback. He played like one game, right? Played one game, Graham Harrell? Yeah, he, he went off in his first game. Then he got COVID and was shut down for a couple of weeks. And I, I think he might have played or one more after that. Yeah, yeah their quarterback, Graham Mertz. I, I, I liked what I saw at Graham Mertz. Plus 800, I really think that, kind of like you said, it's preseason. Iowa and Wisconsin are the two heavy favorites for that West. Northwestern, I think, is good. And we're, I mean, spoiler alert, I think they're my most underrated team in this entire conference. But I really think that I'm picking Wisconsin to get to the conference final game. And I need an upset to win against whether it's Ohio State or whoever else. At plus 800, I actually really like those odds, and I think that Wisconsin's going to be one of the more better Wisconsin teams that we'd seen in recent times this year. And now you have Ohio State. It's annoying because whoever they have at quarterback is going to be throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 yeah. touchdowns, and they're going to have a good defense. But um, last year we did see Ohio State probably had their worst pass defense in recent memory last season. Um, offensively, I, I, you're, they're still going to be strong, but maybe they're just not going to be as strong as in previous years. I guess that's what I'm betting for. Not super confident in it, but at plus 800, for a team that I'm pretty confident is going to be in the just the winner of the West, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, it's just the thing with me with Wisconsin is that they are always like – it, they always start very strong, it seems like to me, and then like they have a bad upset. They either lose – not even a bad upset, but they lose a game they should 
to a team they should beat, like a Northwestern or something like that. And then, like, it falls off, and then you see them go 9-3, and they're still right in the top 20. I, I remember two years ago when they played Justin Fields in the Big Ten Championship. I mean, they, they gave Ohio State a run for the money for a little bit. I, if that quarterback is – if Mertz is legit, and I hope he is, then I, I think Wisconsin has a wide-open door. But that's the thing about Ohio State, though. Like, their secondary has to get better. You know, I, I know they yeah. lost Sean Wade, but I always thought Sean Wade was a little overrated, you know. Yeah, he and, was extremely raw his entire tenure at Ohio State. Yeah, but, like, you just look on the offensive end, they'll, like – there'll be another Trey Sermon. There'll be another J.K. Dobbins. That's no problem. They got two first-round picks, a receiver and a Lave, and a, who's the other guy again? Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, that's, that's the thing picks. that you're scared about, is that Ohio State's receiver are nasty. But, I mean, luckily for Wisconsin, in terms of making the, the Big Ten championship, A, they don't play Ohio State, which is big for them, mm-hmm. right? Ohio State is a tough regular season matchup. The second thing is that from – what I'm seeing, all every single one of their tough games is at home. They get Iowa at home, Northwestern at home, which is two huge division matchups. Notre mm-hmm. Dame at home, Penn State at home, Michigan at home. Even, I mean, Army, if you want to consider Army a good team, they're at home. Nebraska is home. You know, their road games are Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois, um, Minnesota, like these, these are not really tough road. It just really feels like they do have some tough games, but they get all of those tough teams at home. So that that's the other reason that I really do like Wisconsin, just to make the game, and, and then I, I'll take them plus eight hundred, I guess, against Ohio State for an upset. You never know. Um, yeah. We're also going to do over and underrated teams in this conference. I'll go really quickly. My underrated team is Northwestern. This is a very well-coached team. It feels like they're almost underrated every single season. They did have some big losses. Obviously, they had two first-round picks in the NFL draft, and they lost their quarterback, Peyton Ramsey. But mm-hmm. I really wasn't a huge Peyton Ramsey guy. I didn't think he was necessarily insanely legit. Um, they also – their schedule was relatively favorable. They don't play Indiana, Ohio State, or Penn State, which I think is pretty nice. So they're going to be my underrated team, my overrated team is going to be the team that seems to be overrated every single year in this conference, and that is Michigan. I just do not believe in Michigan. I think that there's too much pressure on this team. Um, There's too much pressure on Harbaugh. I I don't think that they're going to miraculously turn it around. I think you're going to see the Michigan offensive struggles continue. And for last year, it was a myriad of issues because not only was their offense kind of struggling, their defense that was usually really great all of a sudden completely flipped on its head and was terrible. I think that this is just a disaster of a program right now, and they don't figure it out next year. Yeah, I like those. Um, for my underrated, I'm going to go like with a team that I, obviously I don't think this team's going to win the Big Ten or win their division. That would be like a godsend of a year. But I'm going to say Rutgers. I think Rutgers is my underrated team in the Big Ten. Like people, a lot of people sleep on them. They hire Greg Schiano, and the, the Schiano man. Yeah, the Schiano man. You got to look what he did last year. Rutgers was competitive in about every single game. I mean, yeah, where their defense was racked up there was about one of the worst, but I mean, their offense was actually able to generate points and put up and keep up with some of these teams. I, you look at the last three years from Rutgers before Shiano Man's entrance, 
they have won one game each year. They won three last year. So they matched that win total one year. I'm I'm liking this team moving forward. I know a lot of people have them projected at seventh. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw this Rutgers team jump a Michigan State, a Maryland, and be right there in that kind of Michigan category for me. Now, they have a tough schedule. Uh, you you got to face, of course, you got to play Ohio State and all them, and you got to play Wisconsin on the road, like in Northwestern on the road. But I, you know, if Rutgers' goal next year is six wins or just to be around that, I think they could easily get that and seven wins and be very competitive in the Big Ten. I'm just saying, if like you're playing Rutgers, do not go in there thinking that this is going to be an easy wipe away game anymore. I think the Shiana men's got something cooking. And then uh, my overrated team, I, listen, I want to jump on the Michigan, and, like, I agree with you on the Michigan, but I'm going to just do – I'm going to hammer a team. I, Nebraska has been the Cornhuskers. And <laughs> I, I, bet, I, I am tired of hearing about Nebraska being, like, up on – being on the come up. As Scott Frost, who was alum, his alumni there, he's a head coach, did great things at UCF. I mean, he went – he won the national championship. I mean, he claimed <laughs> the self-proclaimed it. national champion, right? And then after that, like he could get any job in the country. Well, him being from Nebraska, like played at Nebraska, he wants to save this this uh, football program. He's come in, he's not done great. It's just you know they've had some good recruiting classes. He's always been a good recruiter, but. They really have been up to par, and I feel like every season it's just, oh, well, we're one year away, one year away. Well, when is that one year going to turn into now, you know? I do not love their quarterback play and Adrian Martinez. Uh, I think he's, you know, just – if he's another quarterback, college quarterback, and he plays below that. Like, I would take Bo Nix over him. That's how low I'm on him. And then they do have Christian McCaffrey's Whoa, brother. Whoa, number McCaffrey. one overall pick Bo Nix right there. Yeah. Come on. yeah. And it's just, I do not see this team at all competing. It's like, even when they lose games and people are saying they're close, you're still losing by eight to 10 points. And it's, most of that's just garbage time football. You scoring in the last two minutes of the game to like, you know, make it seem it was closer and it's not. So I'm out on Nebraska. I just, and I don't think Scott Frost is going to be there much longer if he keeps on performing the way he does. All right, let's move on to the SEC. Can we just get the winner out of the way? Bama. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, the odds are not bad. Minus 143. Uh, really? I think because Georgia is there, it's it's on the odds. And Georgia recently, um, they just got two sick transfers. They got a corner mm-hmm. from Clemson, and then they got a tight end. I forget exactly where, but these were like – I'm pretty sure PFF had them graded top five at their respective positions. So Georgia yeah, – they were five-star athletes, right? Yeah, so they, they loading up on a couple transfers to replace two positions that they lost in the draft last year, which is pretty big for them. But I, I'm still picking Bama. It, it's you just gotta see it to believe it for Bama. I I, I, mm. <laughs> I, I I'm not picking against them. And minus one forty three, I actually think is pretty good. Pretty That's pretty good man. odds for them. Um, okay, so I guess this is mainly an under and overrated segment. My underrated team. Uh, you know, the, I'm not necessarily in love with this team, but they're just being so disrespected. It's almost like the Rutgers thing for you, and that's Arkansas for me. Mm. Um, this is a team that I actually think is pretty dang good. Like, they have some really nice top-end players. 
I know they have a receiver. Let me see if I can get his name. And I'm pretty sure they have another corner who's also pretty damn good. Um, not only that, everyone was all about Felipe Franks. I was never a huge Felipe Franks guy, so I, I really don't think it, he, he's that big of a loss. They kind of shocked people last year. I think that they can do it again this year and possibly even more. So Arkansas is going to be my underrated team. My overrated team is going to be LSU. Uh, I don't think they're terribly overrated. I just think that right now they're being preseason ranked like the 20th best team in college football. I do not expect them to be ranked in the top 25 come the end of the season. So I guess that's the reason why I think that they're overrated. All right, for my underrated team in the SEC, and I think this team like kind of took people by surprise last year, it's the other Columbia team, Missouri, the Missouri Tigers. I, this team, I, they went, they had a 500 record last year, kind of like that Arkansas spill, like where like they played much better, and like with a first year head coach, it like things like completely changed. I mean, they went five and five, and actually put up really good numbers on the offensive side, averaging about 27 points a game. And I'm looking when they get back, they get four of their offensive linemen back. Yeah, you got to replace Larry Roundtree, but that shouldn't be too tough for them to do. Uh, they lose their DC and Ryan Walters, but, you know, I'm sure their head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, that's a great name, uh, will, has found someone to replace him. And really, like, I because I like this team really coming out next year and competing with like a Florida or something for this number two spot in the SEC East for me. I, they got a couple of tough breaks on the schedule wise playing A&M and Arkansas on the road. Um, but other than that, I, I think, you know, Georgia might be your other only loss, but I like them to beat anyone else they play, <clears> even <throat> if it's a Florida. And that moves me on to my overrated team. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is a team I loved last year with Kyle Pitts and trash, but it's Florida for me. And I see, first of all, I don't see in a world where their defense is going to get better. You know, I, this team allowed 31 points a game last year. And if the only reason they were as successful as they were is because their offense could score 50, you know, I think they get a huge downgrade in Emory Jones. I've been pretty vocal on this podcast saying how much, I'm not not a fan. Don't think he's going to be able to put it all together, and I think he's going to bust. And I think you're going to see that this season. And if that defense plays at the same caliber of last season, I, I this this team is going to take a huge drop for me. And teams like a Missouri or Kentucky could pass them up. Uh, so Florida is going to be my overrated. Man, I'm so on and off of Florida because I just I love Mullen. Um, and I still like they're still Florida, so they're gonna bring in good talent. It's just Yeah. Dude, first off, you lost Mr. Kyle Pitts, the built in a lab, insane specimen, tight end receiver stud. Carderas mm -hmm. Tony, who I know JT, you're in the chat. I know you hate him, but he's still a good receiver for college football. And Kyle Trask was a great college quarterback, right? Yeah. Great player. Dude, like you said. How are you going to have that match that offensive production you had last year? It's just even if if Emory Jones is good, is he going to be that dynamic as good as Kyle Trask was his first year starting? I don't think so. Like maybe he's more dynamic running, so they build the offense 
built more towards around him. But even so, like Florida was blowing teams out in some games and he would come in and it just I like it looked like he never could really get comfortable or had control over the offense. I I just don't like any accent of his game. And like Florida fans are gonna hate that because like they've been hyping this guy up for three years, saying he's the truth. Like he he's the he's the ultimatum. Like he's the go-to guy. And I'm just saying, like, trash deserved to start, but if he was so good, like I think he would have been in there a little more than he was. See, I don't know. I um, I'm definitely more on Emory Jones than you are. I think he has the talent, but I do agree that it's going to be tough for him to match that Kyle Trask production. I'm definitely more confident, though. I think that Dan Mullen's going to get this this group together, and he's going to have that good offense. I, I think that I'm hoping that the Florida defense is better than it was last year. It usually is, so. I think I definitely more am on Florida than you. Let's go to the ACC. This one. Same thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> the winner's Clemson. Uh, I really, Pretty first easy. off, they are minus 835 to win the conference. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? Just think about the discrepancy between them and Bama. Bama, who wins it every year for the most, like literally every year, is minus mm. 143. Clemson is minus 835. That's how confident Vegas is that Clemson is going to come on top. I agree. The only potential loss I can really see them having is week one against Georgia. Um, Mm -hmm. Other than that, you got a cakewalk. It's the ACC, which we kind of both agree. They don't even play Miami, right? I I don't don't, think they play Miami. They they played them last year. Yeah, which I think is really the only other legit team in the ACC right now. So... Mm -hmm. You play Georgia and then a bunch of just basically, I mean, compared to Clemson trash, right? They're not trash, trash, but it's like compared to Clemson, you're just, you're playing high school teams, basically. Um, Mm. So Clemson's the winner. Let's just go underrated, overrated. My underrated team, Boston College, BC, Mm. mainly because I think that they have a legitimate quarterback in Phil Yurkovec, I think his name is. I know it's Phil. And I know it starts with a J. That dude's um, built like a house. Dude, he is built like a house. I was watching um, that tight end they had last year. They got drafted. Hunter Long, I think his name is. Um, and, man, I, I really liked what I saw out of Phil. I thought he was – we had a segment a couple episodes ago where we talked about some of the quarterbacks that we were excited to see. But I think the Boston College could be pretty legit – and be one of the better teams in a poor ACC. It really feels like this is their year to kind of take advantage, and maybe they can end up as that, like, top four, top five team in the ACC. Um, Mm. Maybe even, like, a number three. Overrated team for me, UNC. I just – I loved the players that they had on the offensive side of the football last year, and even some of the defensive uh, side of the players, like Chaz Surratt, right? They lose all these guys. Uh, and on top of that, I'm not really a huge Sam Howell guy. I think that Sam Howell has a lot of work to do. I think he's more of a Matt Corral than a Spencer Rattler, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. So I-, I like the coaching staff from UNC. I really can't see a way that they're as good of a team as they were last year. So I think that they're projected to be, maybe because the ACC sucks that bad. But in terms of just raw talent, I think they're overrated. Okay, my underrated team, I I, I want to say, 
I think they're definitely going to improve this year, but I don't want to be as bold saying they could win this division, their division, but I'm looking at their division and like, you know, it's Georgia Tech and they play on the side that they don't have to play like on Clemson or pair up with Clemson. I, it's just, I don't really like their side of the division, but like, all right, so Georgia Tech, you know, last year finally gets rid of the triple option, okay? The, the nerds <laughs> decide to, like, yo, like, maybe we need to spread it out and actually play a little college football. We're not Navy, you know, or Army, these schools that just run it religiously and who are good at it. And I think Georgia Tech has really benefited from that, especially in a year of transition where you saw flashes, because I would watch a good amount of Georgia Tech games because, I, you know, I, I always grew up – I grew up cheering for Georgia Tech because they were the other school uh, – because I didn't like Georgia, basically. But, you know, looking at them, you got to play Notre Dame, Georgia, of course. Oh, they do have to play Clemson. Okay, well, that's that's probably three losses, and that's a tough schedule because those teams are going to be top ten teams. But if I pair this team up with a North Carolina-Miami, people are going to assume that it's not going to be much of a game. Under year two, I would like this. I think this team is going to be kind of a sleeper, and you play like devil's advocate in some of these games and squeak squeak it out and be in the running to take their division. I the defense is going to have to get better. That's no question. But the recruiting class has gotten a whole lot better now since the transition moving from the triple option. And the thing is, from last year, they were a very heavy. Um, they were a young team. They were made up mostly freshmen and sophomores. And now, like, you get all those guys back just out of, like, and now they have experience. So, And also you get Jeff Sims, your quarterback, who, you know, take a look at him. He's not that bad, honestly. So, Dude, they, they were a competitive team last year. I did watch a couple yeah. of Georgia Tech games. And, they, I mean, you're I right. They were probably them. a good team to bet on. They probably covered a whole lot because people are like, oh, Georgia Tech, they suck. But I'm they were saying, really competitive. I watched a little Georgia Tech last year, and like I was like, okay, they're like they're in these games, and it was just weird not seeing them run the triple option to actually drop back thirty times a game. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of crazy to see. Uh, my overrated team, I'm gonna just like bandwagon off you. I think it's North Carolina as well. Uh, it, it's just they lost too much firepower for me. Um, you know, they had such a talented team last year. Like, yeah, did they have a good season? They went to New Year's Six. That team should have went a lot farther than it did. You know, like they couldn't beat the team, right? They couldn't beat a Clemson or a Notre Dame and really held that. That Notre so Dame they, game especially. Like they, oh, they yeah. needed to it show just, up more against Notre Dame. Their offense got shut down. And the thing is, like, their offense last year was never the problem, right? Like you had Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Diami Brown, and Sam Howell was playing good. The problem with them is their – their defense, right? Like, besides Chasseret and Tony Grimes, uh, their corner, check him out. I'm pretty sure he skipped his senior year of high school like two years ago or last year, and he was playing as 19. And if you looked on their side of the ball, on that side of the ball for North Carolina, I mean, obviously you'd be like, okay, Chasseret is like for real, but like you could tell like this guy was pretty damn missed, pretty damn good. So I'm going to just say, like, with them losing big pieces and I not knowing much on their recruiting class and you're also relying on your more of your coaching this year, uh, I'm going to ride with you. I think they're overrated. And the Coastal Division is going to be a toss-up, I think. All right, let's move on. Big 12. So Big oh, yeah. 12, 
kind of similar to the SEC in that you have Oklahoma as the favorite with Iowa State as that plus 250 second team, and then everyone else, it's like, not that it's necessarily a crapshoot, but the odds on them are definitely a lot lower. So my winner, I I find it hard to not pick Oklahoma. I can understand yeah. why you would want to pick Iowa State. I think they have a really good roster. They get a lot of those guys back, and I was very close to picking them. I do think, though, that Oklahoma is just going to be a better team than last year. And last year, they really got in a roll once they got past that beginning of the season. You get Spencer Rattler in his second year now as a full-time starter in an odd COVID year. I really think that, uh, like, a classic Oklahoma quarterback and a classic Oklahoma team, we're going to see them explode and then get exposed when they have to play someone in the college football playoffs. So I think it's going to be one of those classic kind of Oklahoma years. With them winning the Big 12, I'll take them at minus 134. Yeah, uh, I'm on Oklahoma as well. If I had to project, like, my top four teams, like, they would definitely be in it to make it to the playoffs. And I'm basically kind of going off what you said here, but, like, you know, they started out rough last year. They had a bad loss against Kansas State. Like, Spencer Rattler was playing good, but, like, not as elite as a lot of people would think. But once they got it going, they those last six games of the season, I mean, they were just on a roll, and they looked deadly. I mean, if that success is all of next season, they're definitely going to win the Big 12 because I like them a little more than Iowa State just based off – I'm not taking anything away from Matt Campbell. I think he's an excellent coach, but I, I'm I like Lincoln Riley a little more. I think Oklahoma has a little more firepower. I understand the defense of Iowa State, but at the end of the day, I'm going to take Oklahoma in that game. I'm pretty sure Oklahoma got some nice defensive recruits as well. It's definitely you've seen them starting to get in recent times better and better defensive players. They just haven't been able to put it together. I do think that you give Lincoln Riley and that organization more time to really focus up like they have been on that defense side of the ball. They're one of these years they're going to put it together. And once they do put it together, it's going to be a little like nasty that Oklahoma team. Yeah. Um, well, right, my, all they need is a defense that ranks, you know, not dead last. Just give me like yeah, a top right? 75 defense. All right. My underrated team in this conference is TCU. I think TCU. Uh, you know, I understand they lost some good pieces in their secondary. They still have their two top corners. Uh, one of the dudes I know was injured, I'm pretty sure, a large part of last season. But they're both studs. So I, I do think the TCU secondary is still going to be there. They have a, a sick recruit at running back. They get their quarterback back. Man, I, TCU, it really feels like is being way too slept on. Way too slept on. Yeah. I probably have them right now as a better team than Texas, or at least on the same level as Texas. Yet Texas is, at least when you look at the betting odds on like DraftKings and FanDuel, way ahead of TCU by like a good like really? 700, right? And it's just, Jeez. well, yeah, like TCU is at like plus 1,200, Texas plus 700, so 500, I guess, to, to win this conference. I, I do not agree with that whatsoever. I'm not huge on TCU, but I respect the fact that TCU, this is a good program. They're going to have good players. And I really feel like they're guaranteed to be like a top five, top four team in this conference, which they're kind of getting the short end of the stick right now. And kind of on the contrary, my overrated team is Texas. I, I like the direction that Texas is heading with Sark. I'm going to personally going to be rooting mm -hmm. for him. 
But the problem is, is that we've seen it time and time again. It takes more than one year for a new coach to come in and completely flip a program around. I understand Texas is not a terrible team, but if you're going to try and make the argument to me that Texas isn't going to have another classic Texas season where people are picking them in the beginning of the year, they maybe have like a good game or two in the beginning of the season, but then they kind of fall off. You know, maybe they, they get an injury or two, and then they're just always a step behind some of the actually good Big 12 teams. I, I'm going to pick that Texas over a new Texas that we haven't seen before in Sark's first year where he, he hasn't really been able to get his guys in the program yet. So I think that Texas, for me, is my overrated team. All right. Well, this would be funny because Texas is my underrated team. Oh, okay. I, We're going head-to-head here. Yeah, I, I – I, it's crazy in the last three years how my opinion of Steve Sarkeesian has changed. But I, I'm all in on Steve Sarkeesian's long gourds. Um, the thing about it, it, what is really nice about Sarkeesian, like two things, right? The success and the confidence now that he has, he got from Alabama, right? He, he feels like – he feels good coming into this. But he's also coming into a team that is not a complete rebuild. You look at their defense coming back, their biggest loss was Joseph Asai. And their defense dropped, put was so much better from twenty nineteen. They gave up six point two yard, six point one yards uh, per play. Last year it dropped to five point two. So if you only your only big loss is Joseph Asai, your Texas, you feel like you got another big guy in there to just get to the the, pat, uh, the quarterback. I, I like those numbers. Also, I think a name to really pay attention to and Steve Sarkeesian's this new offense that Texas is going to be. Go into is um running back beyond Robs Robinson. Yeah, Bijan. Yeah, Bijan. Yeah, uh, you know he only had eighty six carries last year, but you saw what Najee was kind of able to do in Sark system. I I think he's a very talented back and could easily pose for big numbers and make it easier because they're project, projecting that Casey Thompson would play. I don't know too much about him. I've heard about him. I I would. He's definitely not better than Sam Ellinger, I would think not. Um, really uh, just so, probably so Sam, not year one. Yeah, but, you know, if Casey Thompson is able to come out here and their defense does play like it did last year and they have a, a great running game, I mean, i like this team to win eight or nine games and be in there in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, I, now, they do have, like, their road games are tough because you got to go at Iowa State, you got to go at TCU, and then at Baylor. But – and then, of course, you play Oklahoma in the Cowboys Stadium. But, you know, I would really like to see this team play out of the state. That was a close game last year. Uh, but the thing about that game, like, everybody kind of knew what was Texas doing it. Like, who was their coach last year? Why well, can't I remember his name? Dude was from Houston. But, like, the, everybody knew he was about to get canned. So, like, I didn't feel like the players were energized or ready to play. So, so and now you get Steve Sarkeesian in there. I think he could do some numbers. Um, my overrated team. Wait, hold on real quick because I, I want to touch on Texas real quick. I don't disagree that they're a good team and that they don't have good players. I just don't think they're going to put it together next year. That, I think that's the problem oh, no. is that they're, they're just not going to put it together enough, especially when I'm comparing them to TCU. Like, who do I think is going to have a better season? Well, I think that their seasons are going to be extremely similar, and I'm getting way better odds on TCU as a program than Texas. You know, like all those good players are 
are priced into Texas. And there's another guy, Joshua mm-hmm. Moore, a receiver who I really like from Texas, and I have my eyes on for the draft next year as a junior. But I just I don't think it's enough. I think you still have too much work to do in that defense. You lost two great defensive linemen, um, and now you got a new quarterback. So, all right, going going to your underrated team or your overrated uh, team. Overrated. This is tough because you know I I could say Oklahoma State. I just you know I don't really like them too much. I don't think they're going forward. I, I can't say Iowa State. That'd be kind of that'd be a little too ballsy. I'm just gonna say Oklahoma State. I, everybody kind of has them pinned around that little like TCU, uh, Texas area, I think, uh, you know, they lose, they lose Chuba, they lose a running game. I, they lost, they lost Tylen Wallace as well. I think they, they lost, lost both Wallace. of their running backs. I think their yeah, other they, running back behind him was a senior. Oh, that's true. Uh, then they lose, he lost Tevin Jenkins. Too, yeah, he lost Tevin Jenkins. Right. Yeah. That offense is going to, aside from Spencer Sanders, which I'm not a huge Spencer Sanders fan. This is my other possible overrated team. I just don't really think they're overrated. I think they're pretty rated. Um, yeah, it's just you're right though. They lost a lot of pieces, so the defense, which I do think is going to be good for them, is going to have to carry. It seems like. I, I think so too. Um, I don't know much about the quarterback in Spencer Sanders. Uh, He's I know all that right. he, play, he played last year. And people are very high on him to take a huge step forward. I don't see it. Just like, you know, like watching teams. I I don't think he's going to really amount to anything. He's a a college quarterback, right? He's a decent college quarterback in my opinion. And I love Mike Gundy. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a good coach. It's just Oklahoma State hasn't been truly relevant. Like they're in the mix of things for some years. And I don't see this year being any different. Well, see, they, they would always start off pretty hot, and then they would have those one or two just really, like, rough losses, right? You're losing to, like, an unranked Texas team that was struggling or something yeah. along the lines of that. Now we have to see him do it with what we believe is a worse roster than they had last year and two years ago. So I do agree with you in that I'm not really expecting anything groundbreaking from Oklahoma State this year. I think that compared to some of these other teams right now in the Big 12, that I'm taking basically every single one of them aside from Texas over them. Um, Let's move on to the Pac-12, our last conference uh, in the Power 5 conferences. Uh, I've basically alluded to it in the past couple episodes. My winner, and I love this, is USC at plus 400. I'm all in on USC, all in on USC. I really like this team. I really like Slovis. I think that Slovis is going to show that he is one of the top quarterbacks to come out next season Um, and then on his way to be like a first-round pick and all that stuff. I think it's a good program. Um, I I just – everything about it, the value, the talent, give me USC. I'm riding him. Okay, what's the line on Arizona State? Where can I get that at? Uh, let me check real quick. I think they're they're like pretty highly rated, which rightfully so. They have they have an NFL coaching staff. They got um, what's that dude from ESPN? That's the head coach, and then Marvin Lewis. They got there as well. Uh, they got yeah, Herm Edwards. Yeah, Herm yeah, Edwards. Edwards. So they got a really good staff there, and and through that. They have been able to get some nice recruits, some recruits that they might not have usually been able to get. I know that. 
Yeah. Uh, see, I'm rocking with Arizona State. I, I love. I, I want USC to be really good too because I talked about it like probably a month ago. I'm I, I like Slovis and I like what USC is doing, but I'm pretty sure I can get Arizona State around the same odds or maybe even a little better odds. And you know, plus four fifty for Arizona State. Was it plus four hundred for USC? Yeah. Okay, so it's about the same. But, yeah, I, I'm going to ride with Arizona State. And for this, some of the reasons you were saying, I, I love Herm Edwards, what he's come and done with this program. Didn't know they had a – they got Marvin Lewis. That's actually pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty um, hype, pretty hype. <laughs> yeah, I love um, Marvin Lewis. Even as a Steelers yeah. fan, I think he's great. I, but let's talk about Arizona State's offense. I know they only played, like, five games. Last year were four games. So, like, the numbers are fluctuated. But – they averaged 40 points per game last year under a new OC, Zach Hill. I agree, 40, dude. Jaden Daniels, I think, points. is legit. Like, right now, Jaden Daniels, Slovis, and Rattler are, like, the three quarterbacks that I think are truly the guys right now. And maybe that that kid from Nevada, too, Carson Strong. Those guys are, like, these dudes have some potential. And I think that, aside from Rattler, the other three might not be getting the respect they deserve especially Daniels. Mm -hmm. and, and also, don't sleep on their defense. I, I, they, To my knowledge, they get most of their guys back, and they also, like, in scoring defense last year, uh, they averaged 23 points per game. Uh, so I, I, the, the road games are going to be tough for them, right? You got UCLA, Utah, and Washington. I think those three teams are going to be very competitive in the opposite side of this uh, or in this conference. So, going to have to put the money. This whole conference this. is going to be competitive, though. It's a freaking oh, yeah. shit show, whoever's going to win this. I mean, <laughs> I could give you probably six or seven teams. I could be like, yep, that team. They're all, and they're all, like, right around the same level. I am so excited for these Pac-12 after dark games. It is going to oh, yeah. be electric. 10 o'clock start, and then you get to watch Arizona State take on Utah. Okay, well, speaking of Utah... I think me and you, I I think you have them as your underrated team, right? They're also uh, my yeah. underrated team for every reason, basically. And you kind of convinced me on Utah when we were talking off pod. Dude, this is a Utah team that is getting no respect from Vegas, from the public. They're the forgotten guy in the Pac-12, It's it seems like. And I mm -hmm. think that Utah is just as good as any one of these other teams. Right, I think they they have the potential to be just as good as an Oregon, just as good as an Arizona State, as any one of these teams. Yet they're always it seems like being picked last, unless it's by a Utah fan. I think Utah could easily come out here and win the Pac-12, and I love the value they get. All don't they have like of twenty four players? They have like twenty two returning starters. Yes. Uh yeah, they do. And the thing about Utah is, you know, it's always like the offensive problem for me. Utah is always going to have a good defense, and that's what keeps them in a lot of games. And now that Charlie Brewer, who played at Baylor, he's transferring into Utah because Utah loves their transfer quarterbacks. I think that could bring a little dynamic to this offense, and you could, you're still going to see them relevant. Like, you just don't brush them off. They can win the Pac-12. I, 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 It's a very experienced team, and I'm with you on that. Well, it should be better than that kid they got from South Carolina. What was his name? He transferred. Jake yeah, Jake Bentley. It should be better than Bentley, Charlie Brewer. I think he's at Florida International now or yeah. Florida School. 
See, you could tell, like, I mean, we were South Carolina fans, so we saw Bentley. Like, he had a couple of decent games, but you knew that was going to kind of be a disaster. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I love Utah. They're plus 1,200, same odds as UCLA. I, think that you, I do think that Utah is a class above UCLA to a certain extent, not by a ton, mm. but just, man, I, I really feel like Utah is a lot closer to Arizona State than Vegas and the public is giving them credit for. Um, my overrated team, I, I'm going to have to go with Oregon. Yeah, um, I was going with Oregon too. <laughs> I, I don't think Oregon is necessarily super overrated, I just don't really think that Oregon is the clear number one team, which I'm not sure if people think they are. I think they're being ranked as the clear number one. So I guess that's the reason I don't agree with it. Um, it like, I think Oregon's got a good team. Uh, if you're just going to ask me, like, oh, is Oregon going to be the number one team in this conference? I'm probably not betting on it. So they're mm. overrated for me. Uh, they're overrated. Uh, we got the same underrated and overrated, but I'll just add on with Oregon. Uh, one good thing for Oregon, you know, they're going to have a little quarterback battle. Most of their offensive line is back, to my knowledge. I, I see right now they got four returning starters. And they got so, that pass rusher, too, that Thibodeau or whatever yeah, guy. Yeah, he's nasty. On, yeah, he's good. Uh, thing is, they, they lost their DC last year. Um, what was his name again? I have no idea. Uh, oh, okay, Andy Avalos. Yeah, he 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 went to Boise State after other guy took Auburn job. So you lose your DC. I mean, that's not you know anything threatening, but I, it's just something about Oregon. You know, they get the hype in every year to be the number one team in the Pac-12. But we gotta remember the Pac-12 is not a, it's not like an SEC or ACC where like you know. If we're like saying they're a lock in, then we're comparing them to a Bama or a Clemson. They're not that. It's just it's a completely more even playing field, I think. And they're due for three or four losses. You know, they they will find that somehow. And speaking of, you'll figure out early good if they're good or not. They got to go to Ohio State. <laughs> got to play Ohio State right off the bat. All right, so let's go into the other the other five conferences winners. I'll go through mine, Steve. If you have yours, we can do them at the same time. Sun Belt, okay. I'm taking Coastal Carolina. I think Coastal Carolina has one of the better coaching staffs in all of college football, um, not just their conference. So Coastal Carolina, plus 200. Grayson McCall, their quarterback, I really like. Um, I, I really like that one, Sun Belt. I do. I, I do too. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on coastal Carolina. It's just uh, two other teams. I would be kind of worried about um, app, app state. I mean, they ran that conference. It seemed like for every single year, but until like coastal Carolina's uh, glow up last year and Georgia Southern, uh, Georgia Southern's a tough team, another triple option team. Um, I think the Eagles could be a little bit of a threat there, but I, I like Coastal Carolina as well to win that because, like you're right, they got a great coaching staff, and also they they have that's the only quarterback's name I know. <laughs> well, so you're not you're not giving Louisiana Lafayette any credit because I know they're a, they're a legit oh, yeah. team. Oh well, like what I'm looking at, it just had Louisiana. It didn't dawn on me that was Lafayette. I mean, yeah, they started the year top twenty-five. I mean. They play on the other side, so they're definitely going to get an easier um, 
an easier part of their schedule. I, I dude, yeah. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette could easily. They're the favorite right now. I just really like Coastal. I'm Ryan Coastal too. Give me the plus money. I mean, they were balling out last year. All right, Mountain West. I'm gonna be taking Nevada. Uh, okay. I th- I personally believe that Carson Strong is the best quarterback to come out of Nevada. Better than Jordan Love. Um, and they had a pretty good team, Jordan Love's junior year. Plus 400 for Nevada. I, I really like those odds. I think Nevada's got a pretty damn good coaching staff. I think they have a good roster. I will take them for the Mountain West at plus 400. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to pick a team that beat Nevada last year, San Jose State. A little... Maybe an upset alert right here. I'm gonna say San Jose State wins the Mount West. I, I'm pretty sure they went. What did they go last year? Like nine and two. They, they had a good really team. good season. I, they finished ranked. Uh, to my knowledge, like their running back, can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure he is back. And I like them to keep on building. I I watched maybe one or two San Jose States. I know I watched them play Nevada when Nevada was up like twenty to nothing, and they came back and won. It was a crazy game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with San Jose State on in the Mount West. All right, American Athletic Conference. The big favorite here is Cincinnati, but I'm actually gonna be taking the value pick, in my opinion, in UCF, the former mm. self-proclaimed national champions. I think this UCF team has has got some some firepower, especially with Dylan Gabriel. To me, Dylan Gabriel is a kind of quarterback that can kind of just keep him in any game. This is a team that always seems to get some pretty legitimate recruits. Now you got Gus Malzahn. I like UCF at plus 400. I'm not super confident in it, but in terms of a value play, I'll take UCF. I think they'll at least be in the game, you know? Oh, yeah, they'll definitely be in the game. I'm, I'm just going to go with Cincinnati. Uh, there's high hopes of Cincinnati. They're ranked eight right now, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they're coming off that New Year's Six. Their quarterback's returning. What, what's his name again? Oh, Starts um, with uh, no, it's um, what's his name? I, I can't remember. Desmond Ritter, yeah, Desmond. Okay, that's right. Um, Desmond Ritter's nice, he, he's legit. yeah, he's good. I, I've seen him get first round buzz too. And the thing is, this team last year, besides Clemson. They were the only other team that had top twenty and would top twenty in offense and defense. They I know should they have beat Georgia. Should have beat Georgia. They lost that game by themselves. Like Georgia didn't beat them. It was it was a, if they try to get cute at the end, just really, you know, close out the game when instead, like you know, it's a fourth and one. Just run the ball. I, no shot. They stop it. I don't know. That's a different discussion though because I, I kind of disagree with that. You had it open, but. I, I do agree. They lost that game. Or just game. punt it. But I, I'm going to go with Cincinnati there. I think they, they're a talented team. Um, and if they go undefeated, they'll be talked about as a possible representative as a uh, college football playoff. All right. So in the MAC, I've got Western oh. Michigan at plus 1,200. Um, oh, okay. Dude, the MAC, what's this guy's name? Caleb Ellaby, their quarterback, is pretty legit. Uh, I actually think he could get some NFL buzz uh, at plus 1,200. This is a Western Michigan program that I really like. They have a lot of pretty damn good players come through there, and they're always pretty competitive. It's the freaking mm-hmm. Mac, 
So like yeah. anything can happen. Some Tuesday night matching, baby. But I'll yeah. be taking Western Michigan this year plus twelve hundred. I really like that. I like that too. Do you have all the odds up right now? I can. Wow. Who you who do you want to look at? I want to go Buffalo. Buffalo's the favorite plus two hundred. Oh really? Then yeah. yeah. Win it. What about Toledo? Toledo plus four fifty. They're tied for third. I'm gonna go with the Rockets. I uh, now I don't know much on this conference at all. I mean, I watch them every Tuesday, but sometimes I'm kind of like zoned out because it is the MAC. Um, but I know a little bit about Toledo. They've always been like a very good team, especially in the MAC. Usually around like that eight four nine three mark, get into a halfway decent bowl. Uh, I, I'm just gonna pick them. Take that. I, Buffalo lost that running back that had like Jared like 12 Patterson. touchdowns. Yeah, 12 touchdowns in one game. I know I can tell <laughs> you something. I can give you a lock who's not going to win it is Akron. I don't think they're going to win a game. I got a better lock. It's Bowling Green because Bowling Green in the games I would watch on film last year for players coming out. My God, that is one of the worst football teams I think I've ever seen last year was Bowling Green. They were terrible. Oh, you know, Ball State's actually pretty good, too. Yeah, Ball State is legit. Dude, I, Mac I, I, is going to be competitive switch. this year. I'm going to switch. I'm going to Ball State because now I'm like – now Mac is coming back to me, and I remember Ball State being pretty damn good. I'm yeah, gonna, they're, I'm they've got the uh, second – they're, they're the second right now at plus 350. No, I, okay. I'm excited for some Tuesday night action. Should be a good time. Oh, yeah. All I right, so now we got the last conference, Conference USA – I'm going to be hitting the favorite Marshall at plus 250. Mm. I know Marshall had a nasty defense last year. Oh, yeah. They really played well. I think they have a lot of those players returning. So I'm going to be taking Marshall at plus 250. I really like that football team and that coaching staff. I do, too. They, they really did play really well last year. Their defense go... was ridiculous. Like, top yeah, five they... in the nation, ridiculous. The thundering herd. Yeah, the thundering go, herd, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm between two teams. Um, this is tough. I'm gonna go Louisiana Tech. I'm gonna say Louisiana That's a good Tech. Program. To yeah, I, I like the way they're run, and also if they can get some kind of defense around them. Louisiana Tech's like offense, like what I've seen from the past couple of years, is actually pretty nice. Like it's a like it's kind of it reminds me of like a little SMU feel where they put up points, you know. So if that trend like continues, I like Law Tech to, you know, make a run at the CUSA. All right. So with that being said, that is the um, the conference champions. So let's move on here. We're gonna go to. Hold on, I gotta run into some things here. We're going to go to um, AFC West over-unders. Let's hit those. Oh, time. So, yeah, we don't have a ton of time here, so we gotta we got to start speed running a little bit. Um, let's start off with the biggest bait team in recent memory, the Los uh -huh. Angeles Chargers. Their uh -huh. over-under is placed at nine wins, which is a uh -huh. really tough line to always pick because, man, I it's funny because I kind of threw some shade – on the Chargers last episode saying that I don't think this team is a legitimate playoff threat. It, you know, as a Steelers fan, as a big AFC guy, I really do not see the Chargers as a playoff threat. 
but that does not mean that they can't make the playoffs. I think mm. that there is a big difference. It's like the Texans a couple of years ago, right? The Texans were always a team. They're a good team. They have good players. They can make the playoffs. But you always knew every year that they were not a threat to make the Super Bowl, that they were going to lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. I think that that is where the Chargers are at right now, that they're going to be the little brother to the Chiefs, and that even if they do sneak into the playoffs in one of those wild card spots, that this is a team that no one is really scared of, at least this year. I, I think that they're just a year away. But nine wins is tough to pick. Because if I were to pick a record for this team to go, it legitimately is going nine and eight. Mm. The under hit last year, I really like Brandon Staley. So the question is, what do you think there's a better chance of them going over in hitting 10 wins or going under and hitting eight wins? I actually think I'm going to hit the over. I was coming in thinking I was going to hit the under. This might be the bait. But simply because Brandon Staley, I truly believe, is one of the top defensive coaches in the league right now, I'll take him hitting the over. But I'm predicting a push. I The thing is, I if when I was thinking of this, I was going to go over and you were going to go under. And now, kind of today, I was thinking, I'm, I'm actually going to take the under. Um the Chargers. I, I think this is a tough line, like you were saying, to bet with the uh, nine wins. I uh, this is a definitely improved football team, and Justin Herbert has all the talent in the world. And I, I like. I hope this prediction doesn't happen for him, but I, I'm going to go ahead and predict a little bit of a sophomore slump for Herbert. You know, I I don't like when teams get hype coming in, like a Brown saying they were going to win the Super Bowl, and now the Chargers are saying, oh, now they're an easy playoff win, and they might even upset the Chiefs to win the division. I'm not buying into that yet. I think, like you said, a year away. And uh, I think, you know, I see a seven or eight win team. And I'm just, I kind of think this is going to push as well. But I'm going to ride with the under. Yeah, I'm seeing nine and eight or or 10 and seven for this team. That's where I'm pinning them. Um, It really is the Chargers. This team really reminds me of that Sean McDermott second year kind of kind of Bills team where they went 10 and 6 they were still kind of that little brother to the Patriots in 2019 even though the Patriots that that was the start of their demise um their offense the second half of the year just could not move the football but their defense was insane um the problem is that the Chiefs are still nasty right the Chiefs are right in the heart of their dynasty so Those are two tough games you got automatically. And, yeah, people are going to scoff at him, but the Raiders, too, are are not easy football games. I know. Um, All right, but let's move on to the Broncos. Dude, I'm sorry, but without Aaron Rodgers, I'm taking the under on this football team. Uh, Eight and a half. If If you do not significantly improve the quarterback play in this division and in the AFC right now, You're not winning nine football games without a top, top tier defense. And their defense is good. But, and I like Vic Fangio. But to me, Vic Fangio is a coordinator. From what I saw last year, he was not prepared to be a head coach. His clock management was awful. You know, and 
And when you're the head coach, you can't completely focus on on your side of the ball. You have to have you have to deal with the other responsibilities. You have to be more of an organization runner than a coordinator. And from what I saw from the Broncos last year, I wasn't getting that leader, that organization runner out of Fangio. I think the guy's great as a defensive mind, but that does mm-hmm. not translate to wins as a head coach. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't do anything for me. Drew Locke, I still think, struggles from a lot of the issues he had coming out, even though he has the talent. Offensively, it's still the same problems that you've always had, that the group is just so young that it's going to be wildly inconsistent from game to game. Um, I just don't believe in this team to hit nine wins. I'm taking the under. I'm hitting the under as well. I, I, I do think this team will be very competitive, you know, like they were last year in games, but it comes down to quarterback play for me and they don't have the guy that pushes them over the edge unless they got a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I like Teddy Bridgewater, but is Teddy Bridgewater going to take this team that won, what, six, seven games last year and all of a sudden they're going to have a winning record? I don't really think so. I'm not, uh, I'm not a Drew Lott believer. I think he'll be out of the league pretty soon. Well, not out of the league, but not. he won't have a starting job. And, yeah, their defense is good and – you know, you got Sertain now. Got did they get Fuller? Like, yeah, yeah they the got good players. Good. They got a good team. It's just, what have they done to prove to you and me that they're not going to be the same team or a similar team as last year? Where one week they're playing really great against the Chiefs, right? They're in the mm-hmm. game against the Chiefs, and the next week you're getting crapped on by like the Falcons. You know, like yeah, true. Ah, that, that's the problem. Every single year, this team has like the youngest offense in the league with a below average to average at best offensive line, below average quarterback play, a good defense for the most part, but you're still going to have mistakes every game. I, you, it's just the same story for the Broncos for me. Yeah, I'm just out. Uh, like I said, though, I mean, they were one of the better teams to bet against the spread. I, I could see that trend continue, and especially if they're not favored in games, you know, they're going to be around it. Um, no, 100%. And, and the thing that I like about the Broncos is like a betting team is that with that inconsistency comes the fact that they can beat really good teams. They're oh, just, yeah, they can be a good team. You just can't team. rely on them. It's just also you got to hope for like Jerry Judy to really stride forward. I mean, led the league last year in drops. I, I I had people telling me Jerry Judy was the best receiver prospect coming out uh, than Julio. And I, mean, I don't really see that. I still like Jerry Judy, and I think that he's going to be a good player. It's just you know, got to make. I strides. still believe in Judy. I, I I like Judy a lot. I think he's a yeah, good player. Too. Um, but yeah, like. Even if he does make strides, it's not enough for me to buy into this football team to become a playoff team. This is a multiple, multiple year project. Like you need to get more veteran players. You need to get that coach that can really bring this team together. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you have that right now. Let's hit the Chiefs. The Chiefs are at 12 and a half. My (laughs) God, that is a lot of wins. You know, one thing I want to say about the Chiefs is that last year, the Chiefs were not as good of a team as two years ago. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you can obviously say, well, yeah, they won the Super Bowl two years ago and they lost Super Bowl. Outside of the Super Bowl, you can just look at the score lines of their games. 
they were in every game. They ended up winning all of those games, but every team they played against, it was like a one-score kind of a game. I hate doing this, but I actually might hit the under. Oh, okay. I don't think I can, though. That's the problem. I don't think I can. Because this team just finds a way to win. They're insane at just finding a way to win. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the over. Mm. Ah, man, I just... You know, the the thing I hate about this division is I hate taking three overs because I want to hit the Raiders over at seven wins. Yeah. But I'm not taking three overs. Oh, I, I'm taking the Chiefs over though. They're they're too good. They're too good to not take the over for. Yeah, it's kind of like last year. Like even though the number's really high, but it's high for a reason. I, this is like an easy one for me. It's over. I, I, Patrick Mahomes was saying the other day that he his goal is to be the first twenty and no team. I mean, crazy confidence coming out there. And he's still got these just absolute beast out there and a lot of people request an offensive line they address that you know you, you trade for Orlando Brown you draft another guy yeah like, they're too good they're just gonna win games like whether it's pretty or not they just win football games that's what they do it, even it without Patrick Mahomes this is a 10 win football team like I mean yeah and I, I whoa yo Steed Steed your mic is going crazy I didn't even touch it okay you're chilling you're chilling now I don't know what the hell happened just there um. All right, well, let's go to the Raiders now. Raiders over-unders at seven wins. I'm taking the over. I think this is much more of an eight-win team than a six-win team. I don't know what to do about the Chargers then. Am I going under on the Chargers? Mm, I don't know. I'm taking the over as well. I, I got I got to look at the, the Chargers schedule. I mean, real quick, we probably have the same reasoning for the Raiders. Everyone just hates the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, every single season, they always leave a bad taste in people's mouths by just collapsing. Not playing, yeah, collapsing, not playing well at the end. But the thing that people need to understand about the Raiders is that I feel like they're almost a better version of what the Broncos have always been, at least recently. They're an inconsistent football team that regularly upsets good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they play down to teams. That, that's the Raiders, man. They, they play down to competition. And their defense has been absolutely trash the past couple of seasons. But they have invested heavily into their defensive side of the ball. Offensively, they still have insane talent, which no one really gives them credit for. They, they, they have really good players on their offense. And now you get guys like Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, guys that struggled in their first year. You get them now comfortable, not in a COVID year, ready to step up in year two, which everyone seems to think like, you know, oh, well, you, if you don't play well in year one, you're going to suck in year two. Like, And we use the COVID year argument. Like, I see people on Reddit, oh, for Denzel Mims, oh, it was a COVID year. He's on a bad team, new coaching staff, all this and that. Why can't we say that for guys like Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, dudes who were injured last year in a COVID yeah. year, that at least Henry Ruggs shows some highlights. Why can't he turn it around? Uh, just quick little side note there, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I still like the Raiders a lot, especially for seven wins. I mean, this team is always, like, in the first part of the season, Destin looked like go playoffs, and then they fall off the tra- train a little bit. But I, I don't think so much this season. I still think Derek Carr is playing at a really, like, high level, especially last season. You get Josh Jacobs, I don't think he would perform that poorly again. 
And, um, you know, the defense, they have the best in the defense. So you got to think the defense has got to get better. I, they drafted, what, like three or four safeties in the draft? It was crazy. Oh, man. I will say something that the Chargers' beginning of their schedule is brutal. It is brutal. Who they play? Washington football team, Cowboys, Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, Ravens, Patriots are your first one, two, three, four, five, so six, pretty seven much games. All playoff teams. Yeah. Well, playoff teams plus the Raiders in the beginning of the year. Yeah, true. Raiders beginning of the year could win the Super Bowl. Second half of the season, it's much, much more favorable. But uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go under then on the on the Chargers. I'm not taking three overs in this division. That's a bait. Okay. That's the biggest bait. Give me the under on the Chargers. I'm joining you. Okay. Let's go. Because the Chargers are the classic bait team. They have I mean, been look, every year. Look at the roster. You look at the roster and you're like, dang, dude, this team could really do it this year. And then, you know. Well, you wonder what the problem is, is that their whole roster is, is a Mike Williams. That's their entire team is a Mike Williams. They have all these players that when they play and they're healthy, they're great. But they're never healthy. And, you know, like, it's just always like a wish-wash magosh. You only, you only have a handful of consistent players. Like Keenan Allen is consistent. Um, Bosa is good. You lost Melvin Ingram. Like I don't know. I like their team. Dude, Maybe they're a year what, away, though. What would help the Chargers tremendously, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is Derwin James could stay healthy. And he's yeah. played five games in two years, and I'm telling you, he's like the most – like if he's on the field, he's the best safety in the game. Like it's just – you got to keep that man healthy. It, it would elevate your defense so much. That's the thing. I, I like this Chargers team. I, I do. Um, they're, a, they're a linebacker. It's that guy from Texas Tech a year ago. What, what's his name? Um, am I right about that? I actually like that player. I like him a lot. No, I'm pretty sure the, the, thing, the guy you're talking about is on the Seahawks. Is it? Am I? Yeah, didn't they pick up the kid? He was like from Oklahoma. Are you looking up their roster? Oh, kid, yeah, Kenneth Murray. Yeah, that, yeah, he is he from, from Oklahoma, Oklahoma right? right? Yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's I, all right. I think in year year two, he could be something. But yeah, I mean, I'm still going to say it, Derwin James. You got to stay healthy. You know, the thing I hate about taking the under though is bad. that I, I do really like the direction that the Chargers have been heading in. I love the Brandon Staley hire. I think that is one of the yeah. best hires in recent memory. Um, obviously, you know, you you fix a lot of your offensive line issues. You got your quarterback. Defensively, I thought you had a great draft bringing in a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. And like mm -hmm. you said, you get Derwin James back. Like, it, it really hurts to take the – I am not confident in the underpick at all for this football team. It's just – Listen, you look at the statistics, generally speaking, most divisions don't have more than than one or two overs. And mm -hmm. I am way more confident in the Chiefs hitting the over and the Raiders hitting the over simply because the Raiders, I think, are still a decent team and they only have to win eight games. They don't have to – it's two whole less games to hit. So Putting that into perspective, I, I just believe in the Raiders hitting eight more than I believe the Chargers making the playoffs and at ten. Yeah, especially with I'm how dude, like 
the other the other part of it before we move on is the dynamic of just that beginning of the season is so hard. It, it could just end up being a Vikings kind of year where you struggle in the beginning of the season. You know, you have a young team, kind of like you said. What if what if um Herbert takes a little bit of a step back? You're playing some tough defenses, and then all of a sudden you turn it around. But at one point, is it too late that you turned it around? You you know you're two and five, and then you turn it around, but you're still gonna. It's the NFL. It's tough to just win out. Uh, and you you got you got to play teams like the Steelers, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Giants, the Chiefs at the end of the season. Like these are not pushover teams, and they have some pretty decent defenses. So I'm not confident on it, but I'm taking it. All right, last segment of the day. Oh, I still I kept up the CFB conference winners. I forgot to change it. Unfortunate. Um, who is the best young receiver in the league? I guess we can kind of like name a few. My best young receiver, yeah. I think I'm just gonna take the the clear and obvious choice of Justin Jefferson. Um yeah. You know, at, at the beginning of the offseason, um I was I, I liked Justin Jefferson. I mean, we drafted him in our league, our dynasty league. I now I'm not going to come out here and say that I was like super super on Justin Jefferson before the draft. My guy was definitely Brandon Ayuk. Um, but it's not like I was fading Justin Jefferson as ADP or anything in that matter. But looking at his tape from last year on the All 22, it's like, dude, this guy is legit. This guy is a stud. Oh, he's so good. You know, everyone was all about Odell Beckham when he came out and had a stud rookie year. I like Justin Jefferson a lot more than I liked Odell Beckham after their rookie years. And I really do believe that from a dynasty perspective, from a regular NFL perspective, Justin Jefferson is in that upper echelon of guys that I would believe in. And I like comparing him to guys like CD lamb, um, whoever, right. Whoever that young receiver is AJ Brown. I, I just think that Justin Jefferson is in a tier of his own at this rate. With just all factors considered. So to me, I think that he's the best young receiver in the NFL, and it's not really even close. I, I would agree with you. I, one guy that I think that I, I think no, from the community is known that he's like very, very talented and he plays very well, but you don't really hear about him too much. Is maybe it's because he plays for the Titans, but I really love AJ Brown's game. I don't know. He's been getting a lot of love recently. He has, but like I think that might be mostly he's trying to recruit Julio, but I don't think he knows like you can't really recruit a trade. But you know whatever. Um, but I I just love his game because from watching Julio from years, I'm not trying to compare the two, but I, he he kind of like gives me that kind of vibe, like a big dude that runs he's extremely athletic, runs fast, and is able to catch the ball and do pretty much anything. So where I agree, Justin Jefferson coming off the best rookie campaign from a receiver in history. Yes, it, amazing. He's definitely got the number one spot. But I think A.J. Brown could really take off here soon. And maybe another guy like D.K. would probably be in the conversation too. I know everybody loves D.K. Um, other than that, I think you're right. Jefferson's in a league of his own. But I, I keep A.J. Brown pretty close. Yeah, I like A.J. Brown. I think that the scheme fit is really good for A.J. Brown. Yeah. I just think from a pure talent perspective, he's just not in the same tier as Justin Jefferson. I actually don't even – like, 
I think that Calvin Ridley is a better receiver than AJ Brown is all factor. I, I would take Calvin Ridley over him, which I know a whole lot of people wouldn't agree with. And even in a dynasty perspective, I, I think that Calvin Ridley that's, in terms of like good. Now he's not necessarily like a young, young receiver. I, you know, he, yeah. he hasn't been in the league a ton, but he's like 26, 27 years old. It's just from like a route running technician kind of perspective, just polish. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Calvin Ridley is just so slippery and tough to cover. I think the thing that people knock on Calvin Ridley, he's just not a big ass dude, right? He's not just oh, dude big. that's just manhandling. He's people. not small either. Like, is he as big as like an AJ Brown or something like that? No. Um, I it's kind of he's like the same size as Debo. You know, I think he's nowhere near size. as like thick as Debo though. Yeah, Debo stick. He's a thick boy, but. Um, um, the thing with, with Calvin Ridley, though, is that everyone wants to talk about, oh, who's the best route runners in the league, right? Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams are the two guys that everyone will say, but I really do think that Calvin Ridley should be in that conversation with those guys, especially with what he showed last year when he was healthy. Dude, he was almost yeah. unguardable in one-on-one coverage. When you look back at the film, um, it's just he got injured and was playing kind of hurt the second half of the year. First half of the year, the dude was unstoppable. Absolutely oh, unstoppable. And th- that was a large part that. without without Julio Jones in the field. So it's not like you can make the argument, oh, well, he was the number two. He just wasn't getting the coverage. Dude, so most of his really great games were without Julio Jones there. So you can't give yeah. me that nonsense in the whole juju effect kind of a thing. I know. I think he proved, especially Julio only played nine games last year, he really – he proved that he can be a number one in offenses. Like he, yeah, he Julio have to be played two. nine games. Half the games yeah. he was only playing third downs. I think he really only played one game. It was the first game of the year against the Seahawks, and then after that he just, you know, he got yeah, really he was only up. playing on third downs. You know, it was like, okay, when we really need Julio, he'll play. But other than that, we, we he's just he can't, uh, which is unfortunate, but it happens. Um, okay, so we mentioned DK. I'm going to go for my guy, Brandon Ayuk. I think mm. that Brandon Ayuk is phenomenal. Um, he definitely has to work on his polish and, and, and whatnot a little bit. So I can understand why he's not in the same tier as some of these other dudes. But, man, he's got every single tool in the toolbox you could ask for. I think mentally speaking, he's there. He's in a great system for his skill set. I absolutely love Brandon Ayuk. And to me, like if we're looking at it from like a dynasty perspective, a dynasty fantasy football perspective, I value Brandon Ayuk just as much as someone like a C.D. Lamb, which I know okay. a lot of people love, love, love C.D. Lamb, but I think that Brandon Ayuk, with the trajectory that we've seen, and I pinned on him from from watching his tape at school, I think he could easily surpass C.D. Lamb's production as the years go on. That's interesting, because... The 49ers got a good receiving room, you know, because another young receiver I really like is Debo. Debo was, you know, played by injuries last year, but you saw his rookie season, especially in the Super Bowl, he was able to do. And, it, it like, I like what Shannon does. He gets him involved in the running game. He just wants the ball in Debo's hands. And I think Debo, and same as IU, these two guys can really bust onto the scene if they're both healthy and playing. And either Jimmy G, like, Jimmy G is going to be the starter, I would assume. You know, he comes in and actually takes a hold of this offense. Well, yeah, th- this offense is absolutely ridiculous. If you get George Kittle healthy as well and a oh, halfway yeah. decent run game, mm-hmm. like 
Dude, this guy has more tools than he had when Matt Ryan won an MVP in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it's looking yeah. like. Um, uh, now that we say this, I'm starting to buy into the Niners a whole lot. Um, going back with the Niners. <laughs> yeah, going back with the Niners. This team is nice. Uh, who are the other top young receivers in the league that we could mention? You know, we did mention DK. I really, really like DK. Um, uh, you know, once again, another great scheme fit. Phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And he's another dude that I think has really been improving his craft as a route runner, which is a, a big knock for him coming out. So we might not have even seen this, the, po the potential ceiling of DK if he really becomes more of a technician in his routes. Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, let me see here. What, what, what do you think? Of, oh, no, no, DJ. What do you think of, um, of like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool on the Steelers? I want to hear your perspective on it because I'm a little bit biased. Um, I, I believe it or not, I'm more of a fan of Deontay Johnson. I, I, the thing with Deontay is like, right, is, he's got to learn how to catch the ball way more consistently, right? He drops a lot of passes. But I – because talent-wise, I think he's better in Claypool. I understand, like, he's a little smaller and quicker, and Claypool is more of that bigger guy. And Claypool did bust on the scene last year, especially at the start of the season when, I mean, he's scoring a touchdown every week. It was crazy. But I think I would buy into the more of the hype of Deontay Johnson just based on that speed attribute, you know. No, I, I liked both of them a lot coming out. So when they got drafted by the Steelers, I was really excited to have both of them and targeted them in a lot of my leagues. So I, I both really like them and think they're phenomenal players. Um, now, going back to the scheme fit, fit thing with the offense the way it was last year, it was just wacky, right? It was, yeah. Especially come the end of the season, it was a ridiculous offense to watch. Every single game, it was like, just what the hell is happening? This just quick passing the whole time, which I think definitely did favor Deontay Johnson more than it did yeah. Claypool to a certain extent. They, they found ways to get Claypool involved, and Ben's deep ball is really good, but you saw that at the end of the year where Claypool started to get mitigated, and, and then he wasn't playing a ton because of the rookie wall or whatever Tomlin bullshit he was spewing, that coach talk. Yeah. Um, DJ Moore I'm not huge on. I know you mentioned him before. I'm not huge on now. He's I, not even that young anymore. Like, yeah, he's still young, but it's going to be his fourth year in the league. Yeah. He's same age as Ridley. He might be a little younger now. So I guess lastly, like uh, we've talked about the rookie so much, but any rookie that you're really eyeing on to have that, that really great season this year. Oh, I, it's the cop out answer, but I think Jamar Chase, um, you know, it, it even though I didn't like the pick for the Bengals, it's going to be pretty pretty special to watch Burrow and Jamar Chase. They already got that chemistry. They know what what each other likes and don't like. And plus, Jamar Chase is just such a great talent on top of that. I think this guy could easily – I don't know if he breaks Justin Jefferson's records because that would be kind of crazy. But he's going to – I would – he might be in the conversation for offense work of the year, you know – Besides, like, T-Law and them. But I think he's going to really, really um, put up some numbers. And they're, they're not going to win games, but he's going to put up numbers. Well, it's funny because I, I think the guy that is really going to pull up numbers is is Devontae Smith. Mm. Uh, at first, I really hated the Eagles 
um, the Eagles landing spot for him. But after watching now, the, the thing that I hate about Devontae Smith, the landing spot of the Eagles is that the offense is going to change under Nick Sirianni from what they were using with Jalen Hurts last year. But it was apparent clear as day <laughs> that um, they needed a, a legitimate deep threat. And Rager, yeah. who was expected to be that guy, just wasn't able to last year. He was too inconsistent. And he would just kind of get bitched a little bit down the sideline in one-on-one coverage. That's Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith's junior season, you could see that. It was it was clear as day that he was probably – I don't maybe you can argue that he wasn't as good of a deep threat as Jamar Chase, but he was still a phenomenal deep threat. And in one-on-one coverage, he's just a nightmare to deal with. Mm. Um, I, I think that for what the Eagles need – to replace Alshon Jeffrey, Devontae Smith is a puzzle piece fit. And I, yeah, I think that I think he can really fit. explode in year one. Also, like, then I think he could take a lot of pressure off Rieger because you want to talk about young receivers. Rieger's only 21. I yeah. Just, I, the book's not out on Rieger. I, like, he started the year off herd, and then we got to remember, that Eagles team was just a cluster. It was just a big old mess. So now you put him in, like, a number two role, and, you know – their young core, they go from having a very old receiving core, not reliable, to having, you know, Devontae Smith, who was my number two, and then having Rieger, maybe he has a bounce back year. No, yeah, I, it's funny. I actually kind of like the Eagles' offense the way it's looking now with their draft and what I saw under Jalen Hurts. I, I don't think necessarily the Eagles' team is going to be like a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. – I, I don't think that they're going to be as ridiculously bad as people are pinning them to be. And even us, to a certain extent, at the end of last season, we were saying the organization's a clown fiesta, all this and that. I mean, it is and it was. They completely yeah. canned their entire coaching staff. So it's not like they didn't try to. The good to... thing is they have the quarterback, you know, like we think is the quarterback. They, it's that not potential like they quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, a potential quarterback. You know, you didn't have to waste a pit, waste a pay. You didn't have to pick one up this year. You could kind of just build around them instead of like you know, if they didn't have Jalen Hurts and all this stuff is happening, then they trade away Carson Wentz. Now you have to pick up a quarterback, and you can't get as many picks around them. So I think like they're like one year, like a like a a little ahead of the rebuilding process. Yeah, yeah, and. I still think that we're going to see inconsistency on the offensive side of the ball with how young these mm-hmm. players are. And defensively, I don't think we're going to see an Eagles defense that played like it did at the second half of last year, which is funny because all the Eagles fans that I see in the subreddits and stuff and and just people online love to trash how bad the Eagles defense was. Like, I'm not sure if we were watching the same games the second half. Like, yeah, I'll give you the first three or four games of the season, the Eagles defense sucked. But after mm-hmm. that, it was like, dude, this is a good group. And it especially was the reason why they secondary. were in games. Like, the yeah. secondary was actually pretty good. I see all these memes about the Eagles secondary being terrible. Like, dude, I don't know. Maybe it's because you can't watch. Like, they not can't, but probably didn't. I'm assuming that 99% of the people that talk shit about their secondary didn't actually watch their secondary back on the All-22. But, like... Dude, they, they played pretty damn well for the most part. I, I thought it was a pretty no, great group. 
Listen, they're complaining about bad secondaries. I know a couple teams that have horrendous <laughs> secondaries. I can yeah, you look no further than your boys, the Falcons, giving up three yeah, touchdowns every game. I, I mean, I can show you a horrible secondary real quick. I would have I taken that defense the Eagles had last year in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I think with that being said, that's going to do it from us here. Um, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't, hit the subscribe button, follow button, like button, comment button, all that jazz. Thank you so much for listening, and peace out.